for the right person at the right time, an orthotic might make sense. But for every single person with foot pain, you shouldn't be presenting that as the solution because that's very disempowering. As a professional, your patient's health is no longer your responsibility. You're not there to fix them, which is extremely energy intensive and kind of heavy. The change is I am here to help this person navigate the process of health. Their health is their responsibility. I'm here to make sure they have all the best tools to be able to navigate that path productively, to share my understanding that I've gained through my experience of helping others. Welcome to the Restore to Explore podcast hosted by your soulmates from the Foot Collective. I'm Mac Lyon and we're on a mission to empower humans to restore their natural health and function from the ground up so they can explore movement and life with freedom and confidence. This week, Nick, Jim and I dive into what it means to be a TFC Pro. For those new to our community, a TFC Pro is not just a title. It embodies a commitment to the foot health revolution we're helping forge. It signifies a dedication to understanding, promoting and practicing the principles that have been at the heart of TFC's journey from its inception. Our mission has always been to shift the paradigm of foot health, turning away from quick fixes and towards holistic foundational wellness. A TFC Pro is someone who stands with us on this mission, guiding and supporting others on their journey to foot freedom. We launched the TFC Pro membership in June of 2023 as a way of uniting like-minded health and movement professionals around the world and connecting our community with people they can trust will help them put their best foot forward. In today's episode, we unpack the ethos behind a TFC Pro through the 10 tenets of a TFC Pro. These tenets underline the commitment of every TFC Pro, not just to advise, but to lead by example, embracing natural movement, advocating holistic health, and prioritizing lifelong learning. For TFC Pros, it's about living the values, embodying the mission, and setting the bar in foot health. Whether you're a health or movement professional yourself, or just getting started on your foot health path, this episode promises insight into what makes our TFC Pros stand out, and why you should connect with one. To learn more about the membership or to find a TFC Pro in your area through our global directory, head to the link in our bio. Now, on to the episode. All right, so we're all here together in the US, uh, one of our final days, and we've been exploring a lot this TFC Pro concept that we've just launched in the last couple of weeks as, as of time of recording. And we've had a bunch of pros sign up, which has been really cool. And we figured it'd be nice to just properly explore it, a recorded conversation, just to get into the whole reason for it, basically the why, the why, the what, and the how. And a good place to start for the, is the why. And that is basically the state of the foot health and I suppose the healthcare industry in general, but obviously focusing on the foot health industry. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think it's, we believe that, you know, a big part of our mission is to sort of reshape or, or change the shape and the, and the future of foot health. And uh, I guess if there's something that needs reshaping, we should probably know why it needs reshaping and why mm. it needs changing. And um, we've got some stats here and like, I'm not a big fan of stats because I find that they can, you know, be twisted any which way you want to deliver what sort of, yeah, what sort of desired effect you're after. But these ones are pretty telling. Um, And it's really just how much money is spent on foot orthotic insoles, on foot health in general and and chronic pain in general as well. And, you know, the foot foot orthotic insoles market is currently worth... $3.5 
$3.9 billion. Uh, that's a, as of 2022 globally. And that's projected to grow to over $6 billion by, 30, uh, by 2030. And to be honest, I reckon that's probably even conservative. Um, when you look at um, the growth of the other, fa- the other stats as well, the podiatry services market in 2021 was worth $4.3 billion. And that's projected to grow to over $5 billion by 2028. And then the chronic pain treatment market is a staggering $81 billion. That was, yeah, as of 2022 and projected to grow to $190 billion by 2030. And yeah, I think that paints a bit of a picture of the pain issue. Um, something that you both, both have experienced as practitioners. Um, and there's clearly, therefore, something's going wrong if that much money is being spent on really what we view as stopgap measures or, or band-aid fixes to uh, to issues. And and the fact that it's predicted to keep growing. It's like, that's, that is very telltale of the, of the issue, which is that symptoms are being managed and key word is managed there. Not necessarily even resolved, but symptoms are being managed without actually the root cause being treated, which is, or, or without much in the way of prevention, um, which is why there's so much being spent and why it's predicted to keep growing. And that's why we put the chronic pain stat in there as well, is because while we do focus on the feet, it's not just the feet that you know are be, being impacted by people not looking after their foot health. You know, we, we believe that it's you know whole body function that, that can be impacted by the, the misuse of the foot. So, yeah. and the the foot is really just the. What, what, it's like the canary in the coal mine almost. Um, it's quite obvious that most people's feet are dysfunctional, but it's, and a lot of that is related to footwear, which we'll have a whole podcast podcast on. Um, but a lot of it is just our modern environment, our culture, our sedentary lifestyles, all of that contribute to foot dysfunction, but as well as just whole body movement, musculoskeletal dysfunction. So we could add even more stats into there about, um, you know, chronic diseases like heart disease, strokes, cancer, all of those are related to a lack of physical activity. And that is a big part of what we want to solve. We just start at the feet. I think in terms of changing, you know, the path and really rewriting the story of what does it mean to help people move beyond pain or injury? um, I think in the world of and I make like a distinction between disease care, which is diagnosing and treating and treating symptoms of disease versus healthcare, which is helping people take care of themselves. And I think sometimes there's a misnomer where we actually, what we really have is disease care, but what we often call it is healthcare. And I think so long as we do that, we're not acknowledging the reality that we don't actually have a system in place designed to help people take better care of themselves so that they don't get sick as often. Mm. And I think oftentimes in disease care, there's this notion, or at least from what I've seen, it's like we're very hyper-focused on efficiency, right? How do we see more people in a certain unit of time? How do we provide more treatment within a confined period of time? And what's sort of like not acknowledged even is uh, effectiveness. Like, okay, we're focusing on doing more with a certain fixed amount of time, 
But the honest conversation is what are we doing with the time we have with people? And is it actually the most um, powerful way to actually provide the biggest return on that time? And I think that's where healthcare, it's like, okay, there's disease care, there's healthcare. We often call disease care healthcare, but we have to acknowledge that having a system in place to help people take care of themselves. And underneath that, in terms of the business side, having financial incentives that incentivize professionals to help to, to help people take care of themselves and to empower people instead of treat people. I think this is all part of the bigger conversation, which is sort of um, the opportunity that we see with pro. It's like the biggest problems are the biggest opportunities. If someone can kind of create a solution that really gets to the essence of the problem and solves it in a novel way, that allows for efficient use of resources and, and actually effective outcomes to be achieved. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to give broad generalizations to every practitioner and the way that they practice, but I mean, how would you describe the current state of play? I mean, I'll, I can start with you, Jim, but well, what, what are the incentives currently and, and how has it gone you know, so wrong that those numbers are expected to continue increasing, whereas if we were doing it right, they should be decreasing. Yeah, I think it's important to note that, and we always say this, that everyone, we don't think that there's evil healthcare practitioners who are just out to get people's money and to you know keep them in a cycle of pain, but the systems that are set up, like a disease care system, like you said, Nick, incentivizes that to happen. So even if the individuals themselves do want to help, the system is set up such that that isn't the outcome because the incentive structure is that people are not empowered to take care of themselves. They don't, they're not given the education or the tools needed to actually take care of their own health. And so therefore they're also often given the wrong information about how the body works. They're given sort of negative beliefs about the body, um, outdated information about how much of an influence, you know, structural changes on imaging for as an example actually should influence their their pain levels and their function. So there's so many variables but at, yeah, at the end of the day or at a high level healthcare practitioners are incentivized to provide disempowering treatments so that pe- people become dependent. <laughs> They're, yeah, they're essentially incentivized to create dependency rather than independence. And even if they don't want to, if there's a choice between doing something better, if you learn better, and being able to run a, a business that doesn't go broke and be able to support your family, pay your mortgage and pay for food, it doesn't matter how badly you want to do something different or do a be- and have a better way of doing it. If there's no business model that supports it, and you can't support your family or have a thriving business doing the right thing, then something needs to change to create opportunities for people to be financially rewarded for doing the right thing. And I actually think like that's a that's pretty exciting to me because the people who are most the healthcare professional of the 21st century is someone who is really good at empowering the people they work with to find the right resources and the right tools and to make the right behavior changes to to feel better. And the better you are at that, the better you are at using resources effectively and efficiently, the more you should be compensated. Because right now, the more you see someone, the more you're compensated if the model is fee for service. And if the model is fee for outcome, then 
you could see people one-fifth the amount of time, make sure they get access to the right tools, charge them less, and make more per unit of time you spend with people. And just this idea that really effective healthcare professionals should actually be really well compensated because they're saving the whole system money, monetary energy, by just doing the right thing, by being effective instead of focusing on being efficient. And I'd argue that it's not just disempowering for the, you know, the patient or the client, the person going to see the physio, but... It's know, exhausting. So, well, it, it's disempowering for the professional as well. The, the, the business model that's set up and, you know, I saw it with my brother who, you know, is a relatively new physio and went out into the brave wide world and got one of his first jobs and then entered, uh, you know, a physio practice where it was very much a business. It was about getting people back over and over and over again, signing them up to plans, <clears throat> to have them coming in, you know, six, seven, eight times and just keep keep them coming back. And it didn't align with his values, but that was his first taste of being a physio. And a lot, of, in, a lot of physios' first taste is that. And it's like, that's disempowering for the person who could have the potential to be changing this, you know, rewriting this story with us, mm. reshaping the future of of healthcare, um, because then you could lose these people with with really good intentions and really solid values from the outset. Because, and again, I don't want to blame the business owners as much as the the model itself. They're, they're really just rinsing, rinsing and repeating a model that clearly is making plenty of people plenty of money. Um, and yeah, the, you know, it's not just the clients that are suffering, it's the people who could really be helping people. I think it's also important to note that, you know, the way, uh, the way I was trained as a physiotherapist in Canada is all about disease care. It's all about diagnosing and treating symptoms. And just, you know, saying that there is, knowing what we know now, there is a better way and we can do things differently doesn't mean that that way was bad or wrong. We just have to, you know, be honest with saying that, okay, well, if you know better, you should do better. And it doesn't demonize or make the old way bad. It's just we're evolving our thinking and we're getting new information and understanding new ways of helping people, realizing that health is an inside job and only the individual can truly make changes. Sustainable, effective changes in their lives have to be done by the individual. And so our role as professionals is no longer to be the solution. It is to empower them to make changes in their lives so they can solve the problems. And that's like a very different role and perspective. And as of right now, that's not taught in school. And mm -hmm. so you almost have to be either experience pain. Like I, you know, at the end of treating in clinic, it was like spiritually painful to know that I'm not, I, I have all this energy, this life force energy that I'm putting into a business and seeing patients. And it's really just being used in a way that actually doesn't benefit these patients long-term as badly as I wanted to. And the, the reality was people didn't even come to see me with the intention of learning how to take care of themselves. They came to see me I, with the notion that I'm in pain, I want you to make me feel a little bit better. So it's like reshaping expectations, re, reshaping the landscape of how pros are educated, reshaping the financial incentives that nudge business models and individual choices so that the easy path is actually just to be a healthcare provider instead of disease care. It's a, yeah, it's a cultural thing and like you said, as us as physios, we didn't get any information about really healthcare or preventative stuff. Um, it was all disease care focused and same with 
podiatry, a lot, most of the courses focused on orthotic prescription and how to assess for orthotic prescription. And that you could go deep into the weeds about who funds the research, which then gets put into the university curriculums and so on. But at the end of the day, that is just the culture at the moment. It is disease care culture. Um, and there's a lot of finance or financial energy in that disease care culture. Um, so that is sort of, it is hard to come up against, but at the same time, there are, I know personally and can see online that there are a lot of practitioners who are starting to step away from that model. Like it's not, it's not ubiquitous and there are people running successful businesses that are empowering people too. So it's, it's kind of like we want to use, we want this TFC pro model to connect to those people and also show some people that, hey, this is the way we're doing it. Maybe you can do it this way too. And we're really fortunate, you know, this hasn't been like a knee-jerk reaction to a necessity to to have a TFC-labeled health professional mm. out there. It's literally based on the foundation that we have had people who've aligned with TFC, who align with the values, who practice the way, you know, who who practice the way that we believe and it's working for them hmm. like they're the busiest they've ever been you know as as practitioners and the results speak for themselves hmm. um and i think like another key element to to what we'd like to see change is not just the incentives switch financially but i think health practitioners need to, you know and, and health and movement professionals across the board need to be incentivized to look after their own health first as well. Yep, um, that's a big one. Leading, leading <laughs> and being the example. Um, because I know personally, when I've gone into some health professionals in the past, you've you've walked through the door and from the outset, you've questioned why you're there at all when mm. you look at the state of the person who is treating you's health. Um, so I think that's another big key to what we'd like to, to try and yeah change definitely i think the more you've worked on your own health your own movement the more you can it's kind of the concept of leading by example um rather than or do as i i think currently there's a do as i say not as i do culture Mm. in the disease care system whereas it should be a lead by example you even just you acting in alignment with your own values and your health will inspire other people to do it even without you necessarily telling them exactly what to do Um, just just with the way that you show up energetically um, you know if you've got thriving vibrant energy people feel that and what you say will hold more weight and what people will be more keen to learn from you versus you know if if you're just if you're underslept you're not eating well you're not moving much it shows and people in inherently even if it's subconsciously just don't really trust what you're saying and even just being able to having the movement capacity to demonstrate things that you're asking people to work towards yeah. that's just that one. is such a big thing mm. right like the amount of um like i've seen professionals physical therapists in particular in the past are like yeah it's good to be able to squat and they can't squat and it's like, okay, well, that takes away a little bit of integrity from if you're telling people to work on this movement or helping them with their squat, but you can't do that movement, you know, 
if you're not working on it, how can I believe that it's something I should be working towards? Mm. And let alone, how can I believe that you're the right person to see to work towards something that you can't even do? Yeah. So I think it's just this, yeah, this lead by example and embody your work. And actually, by embodying your work, your personal health journey actually becomes the most potent learning journey that you engage with constantly that allows you to be better at working, to give better information to the clients and patients that you're serving. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of like this feedback loop. Um, and if you're connected to other pros who are also engaging with that process, also have this clinical experience to share, you're able to just really hone in on what is the most effective thing I can do per unit of time with the people I work with. Mm. And I was going to say that kind of leads into what we see as sort of our, I'm going to say solution, but our proposed solution to this, which is kind of essentially is our values, truth, fun, and community. We see the combination of that being a powerful method to shift that system or a powerful approach to shift that system. So we do actually have a whole podcast on this, on our values, truth, fun, community. So and we go quite deep in that podcast, it's a longer one, so we don't wanna do that here, but in general, like what you just said, Nick, there's the truth aspect, which we don't see as TFC providing the truth that all practitioners must abide by, but it's sort of more collective sense-making. So, you know, if you're a pro and you've seen this many people with this condition, you can bring your truth or your experience to the network, to the community, and say, well, this is what's worked for me, how you know how does that match up with everyone else's experiences and then you can work together to find common threads of of ways of practicing and and help update each other's software of or like tool set basically how many different tools can you use and in what context should you use them so that's that sort of truth where it's a shared shared truth shared understanding based on foundational principles there's the fun aspect which i think is really underrated um, but I think a lot of people, especially the disease care sim system, there's a lot of practitioners who kind of blame patients for not doing the things that they're supposed to be doing or not doing the things that they're told to do. And I think one part of that is maybe that the, the patient doesn't really understand why you're telling them to do what it is. And I think probably a bigger part is that it's boring. Definitely. <laughs> I, I've been to physios before. I've, even when I was studying physio, I went to a physio, got given exercises and do, didn't do any, any of them. I would love to know the percentage of people that actually follow through with their exercises. It is so boring. repetitive. And, and it's like very often it's very low level and there's nothing wrong with scaling back exercises, but you, that you need to find some way of making it fun or making it meaningful. Mm. And so... I think that's a big part of what we want to do is make a very accessible training program or training system um, fun so that anyone can do it at any, pretty much at any level uh, of physicality and they can start progressing and feel and see progress. And on top of that, I think simplicity is key as well. Um, yeah. There are a lot of exercises that you can get given to help treat a certain ailment and literally exactly down to how you do it can dictate whether or not that helps fix the problem. And, you know, if you're not hinging properly or whatever it may be, we want to design a training system or are, and have designed a training system that means that you self-organize and, and your body is, is sort of the teacher. Um, yeah. 
because yeah that can sort of slow people's progress down as well and Definitely. can probably throw them off doing the training at all because they've got no one to as soon as they leave the physio office and they've got no one to dictate whether they're doing it right yeah and then the last one being community um obviously that ties into what i was saying before about a community of professionals sharing their experiences sharing their truths with each other um but also the community aspect for the patients and for the clients and and all the pros and clients being in the same community because they all share the same values uh, and being able to keep an eye on each other and witness each other. And so the the pro is witnessing the um, client, say in the digital community, doing the things that they are sort of quote unquote told to do or that they know are important. And then that client can also see what the pro is doing. And there's this sort of shared progress or shared witnessing of progress that allows them to deepen their therapeutic alliance, their relationship, um, and helps them both move forward. It's like the ultimate transparency to that, that experience. Um, not relying just on the degree that the pro may have sitting on the wall, but actually seeing that they're putting in the work for their own health, um, is, is pretty incredible. And, yeah, to be able to engage with a client. I mean, yes, it may take a little bit more of your time, but I think the output that you'd get from that would just be incredible. Um, mm. Having an, a, yeah, a genuine relationship with the people you're helping um, beyond the, the treatment room. And even from the perspective of pros being present in the community as a way to actually um, get exposure, right? Like if, if, a, if there's a bunch of community members in the digital container that are asking a bunch of questions and there's a pro there's a bunch of pros even right now that within the digital community that will go in there and answer questions and i bet you there's a certain percentage of those people who they help for free right they're giving their time to go in there and answer questions probably a portion of people will reach out to them and say hey can we work together it seems like you know you've been very helpful even just on the digital space i can see your proof of play and your proof of work uh, I think I'd like to work with you. I think it would be a good fit. And so even just from the perspective that we have this global community of people, some of whom will need help at some point from a pro. If you're a pro and you're present in the community, you're gonna, you already have a relationship and a bond with that person um, that goes much deeper than just a, you know, a random physio that they don't know that are mm. around the corner. I've got the perfect example. We had a shoes optional stroll in Brisbane about a month or so ago. And Travis, who's a local podiatrist, uh, one of his clients came along. I can't remember her name now. That's going to bug me. Um, but she'd come, she was in town from Adelaide. She lives in Adelaide, come over for a wedding. And on a Saturday, the day after the wedding, she got up nice and early to come down for a community stroll to connect with her podiatrist mm. and That's to cool. hang out with people from the online community. And they were chatting and joking and engaging like old friends. And then their, their uh, treatment had only been online. Like they'd ne- they hadn't met each other in mm. person before that experience. That doesn't happen with the usual current system. I, I would never go <laughs> for a stroll with any right. other practitioner that I've ever engaged with. Um, yeah. And it's the network, the community network that aligns everyone together and connects them. Right. The digital space is a place where you have all these people who are, you know, potentially isolated on their own and the digital community builds a bridge so that they can actually meet in person or develop a relationship. And I think there's just there's this notion of 
integrity when you see a pro and they're doing, they're living what they're asking you to do. Like that is, they can do it all, they do it frequently. Um, and it just gives you a sense of probably a sense of ease or uh, trust, I think, when you know that they're doing the work as well and they live in alignment with whatever they're recommending as a treatment or um, the education that they're providing. So, so it's probably good for us to lay out exactly what a TFC pro's values are or what we see as the, the tenets of being a TFC pro. But before we get into that, I think it's good to give context just to how this would look for whether it's a practitioner or a client and one of our community members. Essentially, the, the core element of the TFC Pro network that we're trying to build is a directory, an online directory where if you have an issue or you're looking for a podiatrist, a physio, or a movement coach, a yoga instructor, a Pilates instructor, um, a coach of any kind, a personal trainer, you can go to a central space where you can find a health or movement professional that you know aligns with TFC's values and these tenets. And then if you're a health professional and you want to connect with clients who are looking for a model that's going to empower them, that's the directory that you want to be on. Um, is there anything else we should add for that context before we jump into... That, that's definitely the main thing. And the other thing is we want to have, I guess, little local nodes where people can, uh, people in our community can go for tools, quite possibly, whether it's wholesale um, or get connected with footwear and so on. So there's, there's different um, paths that you can go down as a TFC pro, but definitely that's the biggest one is we have a big community of people who are seeking a different method than the traditional methods. So if you're, you're a pro who is offering a more empowering alternative method to the usual orthotics, supportive footwear, all of those things, um, or you might use those tools as well as short-term devices, then yeah, you definitely want to be on that directory because it's just a growing global community. Um, and there's, there's always going to be, as we can see in those stats that we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of people that need help. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, while the, the directory is sort of the outwards facing uh, way of connecting the professionals to the people who need the help, the private pro community that you would become a part of as a TFC pro is... Again, yeah, a space where you can engage with one another and learn from one another. And to be honest, that alone, even if you didn't get a single extra client off the directory, just being in a private community with other health professionals learning from one another, we'll be holding live calls once a month where we can get these people together and get them to ask their questions and share their truths and share their experiences and, and learn together. Um, that alone, I think, is is worth in investing in, um, especially when you know that you're learning from people who align with these tenets that we'll go through. Yeah, yeah, because I think a lot of professionals who treat in alignment with the healthcare approach are actually the black sheep of health professionals because it's really not incentivized in terms of the traditional business model. And so finding like-minded professionals, um, or even as a pro, if you're interested in taking a different approach, but you actually don't know where to start or how to do it or how to make money, just the idea that you could connect with someone like Andy 
um, who has sort of proofed this new model of being a podiatrist that is in alignment with empowering people to understand how to take care of their feet um, and what footwear to wear that's conducive to restoring foot health. He's already doing that model and actually getting great results from it in terms of his business. So him actually treating in alignment with health is good for his business the way he runs it. And if you're a podiatrist and you kind of don't know a template of how you can actually shift the way you do things, because right now the bulk of your revenue is generated by passive tools or a certain way of treating symptoms, being able to connect with another pro um, who is doing it that way and get a template and have conversations, I think it, there's a lot of value there. Definitely. And this is Andy Bryant, uh, yeah. you know, a podiatrist who used to practice traditionally and now is a natural podiatrist and is booked out and has clients traveling across the country for mm. his services. So there is a path. Good example. Yeah. yeah. We wanted to take a quick break from the episode to let you know about our ultimate free foot health resource. If you're listening, you've probably already started the journey towards improving your foot and movement health. But if you're still wearing conventional shoes most of the time, that's anything cushioned, heeled, narrow or rigid, it's kind of like taking one step forward and two steps back. Knowing what shoe is right for you though can be super confusing. That's why we made the Guide to Foot Freedom. We've taken everything our team of foot health experts have learned over the years and synthesized it into one handy manual, packed with all you need to know about unleashing the natural power of your foundation. You'll learn how to understand your feet, the truth about modern footwear, the five F's for finding natural footwear, plus a step-by-step -step guide with training videos to help you assess your foot function and improve it so you can safely and seamlessly transition into shoes that will finally give your feet freedom. The best part is, like I said, it's absolutely free. Just head to thefootcollective.com and click learn to find the free ebook, The Guide to Foot Freedom. You'll find the link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. So the tenets, we originally called them the 10 tenets, but we realized you could just call them the tenets. <laughs> the ten um, <laughs> but so the idea here is that we're not actually providing a, a course or a certification, at least at this stage for professionals, um, because we realize that as long as people align with these 10 points, basically, or these 10 um, values or tenets, they can sort of practice however they want and everyone will practice the way they do based on their own experience clinically, based on their own um, you know, degree, based on their scope of practice, based on their, you know, whatever ongoing professional development they've, development they've done. So it's really not us saying this is how you must practice. It's really just an alignment of these values. So the first one is actually that I share TFC's values of truth, fun, and community. So again, highly recommend just going and checking out that podcast. We don't have to go into all of that right now. Um, but that's probably really the biggest one, which is why it's number one. <laughs> Two, my primary tool for helping people is education. So that's a big one because it kind of spans over all of the different health and movement professional sort of landscape where there are a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of different scopes of practice and different experience, uh, different, um, you know, skills and everything based on your profession. Um, but a core thing I think is educating people as in empowering them with knowledge and awareness and, and skills so that they can be more independent basically. So that's 
you, so whatever you are doing, whether even if you are using orthotics, the education around the orthotics is kind of what matters. Um, and if you're using massage or manual therapy or surgery or whatever, all, they all have their place. But as long as the narrative that you're saying or the education you're giving is empowering, then that's okay by us, basically. <laughs> that, that's, the, that aligns with us. And the beauty of aligning with us is that we do a lot of that heavy lifting for you. Because yeah, we can provide a lot of the education. A That's lot of true. free education out there. And mm. um, again, that that comes down to, and we'll get into this later, but saves you a lot of time yeah. if you're not having to be the, the key educator, but you can just refer, refer to, yeah, like all these podcasts, we've got our free guide to foot freedom. There's a lot of education in the community. There'll be more and more on the YouTube channel. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And pros also, you know, we would hope that the pro TFC pros will help us update and improve and iterate all this education as time goes on. And so even just the idea that pros would go through some of the fundamental education, core education pieces that we offer people and bringing things up for discussion and pro round tables being like, well, this is in the guide to foot freedom. This is a little bit different than the way I view it. Here's my perspective. What do you think? And this idea that, you know, this um, community of pros is almost like an added layer of the immune system for truth in our community to make sure that, it, you know, they're the ones with this huge repository of clinical experience and pattern recognition and background understanding of the body. Um, and so, you know, they're like a panel of experts that can sort of help mm-hmm. us revise, iterate and improve our education. Uh, and so every pro should feel good about referring people to our education because they're part of creating it and making sure that it aligns with truth. Yeah, yeah, so. very well said. Sweet. So three, my approach aims to restore foot and movement health through training and lifestyle changes. So kind of point like we are the foot collective. <laughs> we start at the feet. So, you know, you need to be aiming to restore foot function, not just manage the symptoms of a dysfunctional foot. Um, and same goes through for movement. We want foot and movement health, not just managing of symptoms. Uh, and through training and lifestyle changes. So yes, there's the exercise that you do with someone in person, but then the lifestyle changes is where, I guess the education part comes in where it's, you know, yes, you're doing this training, which is really good, improving your strength, mobility, coordination, and so on. But if you're not also making these lifestyle changes, it's it's like pushing a rock uphill kind of thing. You know, you yeah. still, you could be doing a good thing, but it's a lot harder um, to make long-term progress. So. Those two things I think are pretty key to use in tandem. Yeah. Number four, I use passive modalities like orthotics, manual therapy, surgery, etc., as short-term tools in order to facilitate the above as in the restoration of foot and movement health with training and lifestyle changes. So basically, as I said before, all of those passive mod- modalities can have a place and that we're not against them at all. It's just the way they're used as long-term solutions or like seen as solutions, like surgery as a solution, um, just completely ignores the original root cause of the issue. Um, So yes, use those, but use them to facilitate more of the training and the lifestyle changes. Maybe the way we see that. Yeah, because if you're presenting something that someone can't do themselves as the solution or as the fix, you're fundamentally disempowering them because they can't, continue that on sustainably themselves. They are then reliant solely on you or the tool or the thing uh, to make themselves feel better. And 
really our entire approach with education being the primary tool is to empower people with the understanding they need so that they can take better care of themselves so that they don't need to come see you as frequently or mm. to solve all the little problems, right? And I think as a professional, the idea that your role is no longer, your patient's health is no longer your responsibility. You're not there to fix them, which is extremely energy intensive and kind of heavy, right? Mm. It's like that person's health is my responsibility. That's, that's heavy. The, the change is I am here to help this person navigate the process of health. Their health is their responsibility. I'm here to make sure they have all the best tools to be able to navigate that path productively and to offer them uh, to share my understanding that I gained through my experience of helping others. And those are like very different things. That's a lot lighter actually as a professional because you're not responsible for other people's health. You're simply responsible for making sure they have access to the best information so that they can make the best choices. And I think that goes, that really does differ from traditional um, disease care education programs where you are there to provide the fix, mm. not to guide someone to change their lifestyle so that it aligns with health, so that health is the byproduct. Um, so yeah, viewing, viewing these past modalities, which like you said, it's all about trade-offs. It's like, what is the context you're using in for the right person at the right time? An orthotic might make sense, but for every single person with foot pain, it's probably not, you shouldn't be presenting that as, as the solution because that's very disempowering. So. Yeah. Number five, I endeavor to cultivate an open and growth focused mindset. So I think this relates, the open mindset is pretty important because otherwise you just get stuck in your way of doing things and you think your way is the best way or the only way. Um, and you're closed off to other ways of doing things. So that just, it just limits your potential or your options and the potential tools in your toolkit. And you could be missing out on things that could help people more or help other people, like certain people in certain contexts. So keeping an open mindset is good uh, and a growth focused mindset. Obviously growth mindset versus fixed mindset is a really big thing in, in psychology um, and acknowledging that you've always got both room and potential for growth and improvement as a professional, I think is really important and that you're actively exploring all of that hmm. to, yeah, again, lead by example. And that just comes down to their own experience as a pro. I mean, if you want to get the most out of being a TFC pro and you, you have to have that mindset because yeah. you have to be willing to learn from other health professionals hmm. and from the clients you're seeing yeah. and the clients they're seeing. Um, and if you, yeah, if, if you don't have that, there's really no point in, in getting involved. No. S number six basically Bit of follows on from that. There's, yeah. there, are, there is overlap to all of these, but number six, I'm committed to ongoing learning and personal development. So yeah. And then number seven, I, ins I aspire to embody my work and lead by example. So yeah, a lot of overlap between those three points. Um, but the general idea is you as a pro should be progressing and growing yourself so that you can then pass on your knowledge and experience to your clients. And there's this interesting thing in the traditional world of disease care professionals where it's like, I have to get learning credits each year, mm. right? It's like, I have to go to a weekend course, try and learn some new thing um, to say that I did it, to check the box off that I did my ongoing credits. And, you know, that's sort of the, the predominant mindset in the disease care world. Whereas I think the healthcare mindset is actually Every single week, 
of my life, every single day of my life, I'm working to actually improve my own physical health by playing, by experimenting with different, to find different areas where I've got weaknesses or imbalances. And so it's, it's not like you have to go on a weekend to take the course to check the box off. It's like every single day you're aspiring to improve your own capacity and function. And the lessons you get from that is the ongoing professional to, and personal mm. development. Personal development is the professional development when you're actually living your work and embodying yeah. what you do. So I think that's a, a very, you know, I've always felt a little bit cringy when I hear like, oh, I have to go do my professional development credits this weekend. It's like, well, what are you learning? And is there, and is there any incentive to apply it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like this side thing where I'm doing the thing to, to, to get the credits, but it's like, what are you doing in your life? If you're actually working to improve your own function, you're learning a huge amount of stuff that can eventually benefit the people you work with. And that's like a very, it's a different mindset, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, very, very true. Number eight, I'm curious and I love to play. So curious kind of relates to that open mindset. Again, um, I love to play. Like we're all about fun here at TFC, as you know, it's one of our core values. It's our middle name. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> nice. Um, and yeah, we... We think that if we, we think fun is a very important aspect of health and to facilitate fun in for other people, you kind of need to be having an outlet for, for fun as well and like a passion for play. So that's a pretty important aspect. Yeah. And again, like I'd recommend people go and listen to the Truth Fun yeah. community episode, but fun is something you've got to experience. And I think if you listen to that episode, you'll understand why it's so valuable and I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't allow that to be the turnoff for you because it's very easy to discover how important fun is if you just play yeah um so if that's the one that you, you're a bit iffy on uh just play a bit and and then yeah ask us a question if you, if you still have any and it's even you know even just talking about this now it's like the legacy disease care sort of playbook is designing a designer a corrective movement exercise routine for someone. Whereas the healthcare um, sort of approach is how can I design a really, truly fun experience that this person can engage with every day? Because then they're gonna wanna do this, mm. right? How can I design a fun experience that aligns with helping them improve the function uh, and capacity of their body, which as a byproduct of that, will get rid of the pain and the issue, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's such a, it's such a different thing. How do I design really fun experiences for the people I work through with? It's such a different thing than what are the best exercises for this person's specific issue, yeah. right? And it's more, it's more exciting to design truly fun experiences for people than it is to pick a list of exercises to give someone that you know deep in your soul, you know they're boring as shit and they're not going to do them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And what, what a unique way to treat to have a client come in and to spend a portion of that that session just playing together yeah uh the benefits that that could have not just for you know their physical health but their mental health and the relationship that you're building i bet if i went and played with a practitioner i would be wanting to go back every few weeks yeah. if i had a yeah. truly fun experience uh that that ensured that when i got home i wanted to keep playing mm. um and that was what was going to help me that's sustainable yeah definitely Number nine, I wear natural footwear and spend time barefoot. So again, this relates to leading by example, embodying your work. If you talk a big game about the benefits of barefoot and you're not spending any time barefoot, there's a, there's a fundamental mismatch basically yeah. there. And 
and same goes for natural footwear. Like if you're wearing big, thick hokers, for example, and you're saying, oh yeah, you should transition to natural footwear, then there's a mismatch and people pick up on that. Whereas if you do wear natural footwear or even go barefoot in clinic, I know Andy goes barefoot in clinic very often, if not all the time. Um, but even if you're wearing natural footwear, then it's kind of like a conversation starter. It's like, oh, what's the go with the shoes or what's the go with no shoes? Yeah. Um, and it shows, it also shows that it's possible because I think a lot of people are kind of disconnected from that fact that you can actually go barefoot or you can at least build to be able, being able to go barefoot. There's something very powerful as well. Like I used to, when Mike and I really realized that like, wow, assessing feet actually gives you this giant amount of information about people's foundational capacity in their body. We would just go barefoot and all of the, it was funny because a lot of the residents that were in the sport med side, these young doctors would come in and be like, why aren't you wearing shoes? And we would go through it and be like, yeah, you can go barefoot too. Maybe not when you're seeing patients, but when you're cruising around, feel free to be barefoot. And the really interesting thing is you're literally showing your proof of work, yeah. right? When, when a, a patient takes their shoes off and you say, well, I've been working on my foot health for a while. This is what a natural foot looks like. It's widest at the toes. My big toe is straight. My feet are muscular. You know, I can balance on one leg and you can see all the work that's being done. You can actually, you don't have to tell someone what their feet should look like or be able to do. You can just show it. And I think, again, it's part of this trust and integrity built into the idea that, wow, this person actually, I don't have to believe that they know what they're talking about. They're showing me that they've done the work to get to this place. And I can, there's like a deeper level of trust when it's like, don't tell me what you know, show me what you do. Yeah. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's a big key to, you know, to really rewriting this narrative and, and changing the foot health industry is literally just destigmatizing the foot itself and yeah. making people feel comfortable mm. about being barefoot. Because um, people are ashamed. And, you know, something we've talked about a lot on this trip is just trying to break down those barriers so people don't feel uncomfortable talking yeah. or exposing their feet talking about or it's, their private, it's like yeah. you know, almost these private parts that yeah. you don't you only show certain people you know yeah. yeah and it's yeah it's like bringing it back into something that it's accept it's acceptable to, to have naked feet yeah um so i think the tenants are really these it really is an outline of a philosophy about how to help other people as a professional yeah and it's not a rigid outline of saying you must treat this way it's really just if you can if you can read these points to yourself, and they're actually written to be read to yourself, right? I'm committed to ongoing learning and personal develop, development. I'm curious, I love to play. If you can read these 10 tenets, or these tenets, um, and deep in your soul feel a sense of alignment that that is actually either what I believe in and act like right now, or is the way that I aspire to be as a professional. I may not be in direct alignment with all those right now, but I'm aspiring and working to make changes to be in radical alignment with these things and have the way that I treat in clinic and I show up as a professional align with this philosophy, you're the kind of professional that we want to be able to send our community members to. Yeah. And I think the, the big thing with the directory and the tenants is right now, if you are someone that's struggling with foot pain, it's really hard to know what professional to go see, right? Even if, even if a doctor's like, go see a physio, it's like, well, you might have a huge variety and styles of treatment within even the profession of physical therapy, largely based on the business model of the clinic that that uh, clinician works in. The role of the tenants is for us to be able to do some level of vetting to make sure that, and, and basically say, all of these professionals on our, directory, on our directory 
align with our philosophy of what it means to be a, a health professional that treats feet and whole body movement health. Um, and, and yeah, that it just, you know that when you go and see one of these individuals, they are going to be on your team and their, their mindset is to empower you with the right information to take care of yourself and point you to tools that are helpful for you to be more independent in your process. Yeah. And I think that's a really valuable thing because otherwise, you know, I've even had doctors that have come to me literally to have their feet treated and they're like, well, who else treats like this? Like I have patients in these areas of town, who do I send them to? And I've always said, I don't know. Because yeah. I just don't know, I haven't had any kind of tool that I've applied to reach out to a bunch of physios and say, how do you treat? Or like, you know, what's your, if someone comes in and see you with this, how, what, what's your protocol? And so I think this serves as this sort of aligning force to clarify and to really self-select the individuals that align with our approach and offer a template to people who are in disease care and want something better to see, wow, this is, a, this is like an, an, a set of tenets that I can aspire towards and actually be connected with other people who are also doing that. And we can all work together to, to learn better, to do better. And together we can learn a lot more than we can individually. So I think pro is about connecting a community of pros creating a new template for a, a philosophy of what it means to be a healthcare professional uh, in the 21st century where it's about empowering people to take care of themselves not simply diagnose and treat their symptoms. Um, and I think that's a really important piece of the puzzle with what we're doing at, at TFC to create like a basically a, system, a healthcare system where people have access to really good quality, useful information. They have access to people who can help them along their journey and for pros to have access to a new incentive framework that allows them to be compensated for being really effective at helping people improve their health by making long-term lifestyle changes, not just by putting band-aids on, on issues. Just to sum it up then, I guess, Jim, can you describe then what that would look like in terms of the energy input from a pro and, and what a pro professional could get out of it? Um, we sort of had that trinity of uh, uh, the, the, the energy trinity, um, I guess the time, <laughs> the financial and... Well, it's physical, physical, sort of mental, emotional and financial, yeah. yeah. So that the whole idea there is that, well, I was basically trying to get deep on like, well, what are pros, what, what, what are professionals want? And it kind of gets down to what are humans want and really it is just an abundance of energy. Uh, and that could be physical energy, as in just your overall vitality, which comes from, is a function of your movement habits, your sleep habits, your food habits, and all of that. Um, then you've got your mental emotional energy, which is partly related to physical. Obviously, there's a lot of overlap here. Um, but, you know, some of that comes from mindset and your relationships and all of those things. And then you've got the financial energy, which is just a reflection, essentially a reflection of how much value you're providing. Um, the only thing is there is that there are a lot of people who have a lot of financial energy provided to them for not really giving that much value, except, you know, it's just within that disease care system, as we've talked about. Um, but we, we want to provide a, a path and like a container for professionals to maximize their physical and mental energy while also being rewarded financially because I think at the moment the current system you have to kind of give one up or one mm. or two up in order to get the other yeah um, that's a good point. so you know if you're either stressed out and working all day to get enough financial energy 
um, or you're not getting enough financial energy, but you're working out a lot and you've got your physical, but then that's taking a tax on your relationships. So it's trying to provide a path to help create a really good balance between all of those because at the end of the day, I think that's pretty much what we all want. <laughs> yeah, I but, think it's like time is the ultimate scarce resource, right? We all have a finite amount of time each day. Um, and the way I think of it is, is value is created when we combine our time and our life force energy to deliver value to the world. What we get in return is monetary energy and money is really just a tool that we use to store our life force energy and time <laughs> so, that we can, so that we can use it at a later time to acquire something we want. Mm. And I think to me, TFC Pro is all about helping professionals conserve their life force energy while delivering more value to the world which allows them to generate more monetary energy for each unit of time that they apply. Yeah. And so it's like... Which allows yeah. more time for working on yourself. Yep, for your family. Deepening your relationships. For your own health, which yeah. cycles back in. I mean, more time yeah. for your own health, more insights, better service, better value offered to your patients. Um, and I think the, the another part with TFC Pro is also just creating financial incentives that align with health. This yeah. is like the biggest the like missing ingredients if if health professionals don't have a way to make an income that is in alignment with empowering people then they can't do it and so that's sort of you know we'll probably do we should do a whole podcast about the financial the, mm. the potential financial incentives in a 21st century healthcare world so mm. we'll save that for another time but the goal is is as you know if you're really if you're depleted after a day of work of treating people's symptoms and accepting responsibility for other people's health and you're just scraping by making enough money to, you know, basically make enough money to support the, your way of living, um, but you're really depleted, you don't have much time to spend on yourself or your family, looking at doing a thought experiment, looking at, well, what would it look like for me to finish the day at work invigorated because I'm mm -hmm. mostly playing with my patients um, and for me to see more people for less time and get paid a part of my income to refer them to really good tools like natural footwear or tools that they can use to train their balance. So it's like I use, I'm, I'm left with more physical energy. I'm, I find more meaning in the work. So I probably have more spiritual energy at the end of the day. And I'm making more monetary energy by using less of my time, by using less units of my time to work. It's like, that's kind of what everyone wants, right? Yeah. And there's no such thing as a free lunch, but if you're giving more value because you're giving more effective information, um, then you can make more units of monetary energy in fewer units of time because you're just offering better tools. Yeah. And I think that's really sort of the, the system we're trying to create to give pros an outlet to do better and make more money because by doing better, you should make more money. Yeah. Um, and we, we don't have it all figured out. Obviously, this is basically, this is a new thing for us. We want the right people, if you align with this, we want you in there so that we, you can help us make it better yes. so that we can create better and better systems for more and more professionals to actually eventually make a real shift in this industry. And um, yeah, we're excited. If you're excited to get in touch, you can, you can jump on the website and apply. Um, there's the list of the tenants on the website. If you go into connect and then down to collaborate. We'll chuck it in the show notes. That's It'll be easier. a bit easier. <laughs> chuck it in the show notes. Uh, sweet. Cheers for listening. And yeah. we'll wrap it up there. Anything else to add? 
No, I just think, um, yeah, stay tuned because we plan to share the stories of TFC pros who jump on board um, yeah. because I think that's a really important part is mm. is like we spoke about, is just hearing how other professionals are doing their thing and how it's working for them. And um, yeah, we can't wait to share those because there are some really incredible journeys of individuals who've completely changed the way that they do their thing and are seeing the benefits in all three areas of those you know of those energy outlets and i think the other thing too is just stay tuned because this is going to be constantly evolving and yeah. iterated even the tenants uh even just reading them through and with a, a you know a deeper focus it's like they'll they won't change radically but they might be tweaked and sharpened and actually the people the people who this resonates with we want to bring you to the table to be part of the conversation to help us make them better um, yeah. So whether it's, you know, the systems that we're using, the way that we present this, the way that we um, frame the directory or even the tenants themselves, um, you know, maybe every six months we do a podcast on TFC Pro because it's like kind of, you know, an embryo right now. And yeah. as it evolves and grows, it might go in different directions that we can't think of right now. But the goal is to just make something really offer a better experience for people seeking help and offer an outlet um, for meaningful work to pros that really want to practice in alignment with health in a different way than the traditional disease care way. And we know it's possible. We just have to, you know, evolve and iterate this thing to really uh, make it really good for everyone who's interested. So yeah. thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks for listening. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Restore to Explore podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review wherever you're listening. That's the best way to support us and to help us reach more people. If you're after more free TFC education or training, looking for any of our TFC tools, natural footwear discounts, or you want specialized guidance on your foot health journey from a trusted TFC health professional, head to thefootcollective.com. All of the important links are in the show notes of the episode.